Hey learners, Joe here. Just a quick aside before we start today's episode. You might have noticed that there's a missing video, and it's coming, I promise. It's just gonna take a little bit longer. I had some stuff that came up that I'm still trying to process, so I wasn't quite able to keep up with working on that. MK is picking up the slack around their other projects, though, so it is coming. It'll just come when it's ready. That's all for today, though. I'll leave you with today's episode. Let's get started. Existence is one big learning journey, and we want you along for the ride. You are listening to the Learner's Permit Podcast, an amateur's guide to YouTube, bringing you behind the screen to show you all the creativity and calamity that comes with it. We are your hosts. I'm Molly. And I am Joe. On our docket today, who we know, who we are, what we make, what makes us, and of course, a taste of what's to come. But first, how are you tonight, Molly? I'm doing all right, surprisingly enough. How are you doing? I am tired. But otherwise, I'm doing all right. That's just an existential constant for both of us, I feel like. It is. And because sleep apnea, but... Yes. I'm actually starting to wonder if I have a little bit of sleep issues myself, considering I feel like I need more sleep than the average person to actually feel good when I wake up. But that can be due to multiple things, including some things we may or may not get to today. Yes, because today is an episode about ourselves. So you guys can know us a little bit better. Exactly. We've uh, been so busy trying to do so many things that we have kind of put to the wayside the time to show all of you who are listening who we really are as people. And I think that's a disservice, not just to all of you, but to ourselves. Um, Because if no one really knows who we are, then no one really has any need to watch what we create. Because the vast majority of YouTube these days is about personality. It is. So hopefully this will shine a little bit more light on who we are as people and... Absolutely. And that's why, as we tend to do, before we talk about ourselves, let's talk about people we know. Yes. One of the easiest identifiable markers of who a person is is who they know. And almost all of the people that you will see on the channel are personal friends of ours, at least in the near future. Personal friends of ours, people that we know from other people who have become friends of ours, and our significant others as well, who we'll also talk about briefly. Yeah, but like you mentioned, uh, kind of a combination of the two. We have, for instance, one of our cameramen, Brendan, who we know through your significant other. Yes, Brendan is a personal friend of John's. Uh, John is my fiance. We'll get we'll get more into him later as we talk about like our relationships and such because they're super important to us, obviously. But Brendan is also a personal friend of mine because of that. And hopefully now that you two have hung out together a little bit, Joe, you can consider Brendan a friend of yours as well. Oh, he's a real cool dude. He's awesome. I love him so much. Great hair. Looks incredible in a suit. <laughs> Also, fun fact, I looked up to his brother in elementary school and didn't know that that was him until after I met with him. Yes. So that was fun. Yeah, it's actually kind of weird. The place that we live, like, who knows who? Yeah, absolutely. There there are friends that I've met for the first time multiple times. How do you mean? I I have a friend who the first time I ever met him was at a friend's house when the friend just invited people over for a birthday party. I was maybe seven or eight. A couple years later, I met him again, not realizing it was him at a Lego robotics camp. Again, didn't really stay in touch. Few years later, met him at another friend's birthday party. 
when I was in high school, he went to the he ended up going to the same high school. And you know that's not necessarily the norm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, friend that I met for the first time like four times. There's a few friends that I've had similar kind of things with. Yeah, you have really weird track records with friends, and you're also strangely good at networking. Like, you know an insane amount of people who I have either heard stuff from on the internet or, like, are in high positions in their respective communities. Like, for example, one of the devs from uh, Not For Honor... Oh, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Kingdom Come Deliverance, yeah. Ah, uh, yes, you're, Tobias. Yes, you're friends me. with Tobias because of your cosplay. Yes, because of one of less than a handful of cosplays that I wore to a con, not realizing that the company would even be there. And then we hung out that year and the following two years at PAX. I have his personal developer's lanyards that he gave me at the last one. That's Which was kind of neat. Yeah. He also I gave me a, a press copy of another game but and then as well our editor mk i know because they also helped with managing events on the little janie cakes discord back when it was that she goes more by jane at this point but i was there because i've been friends with jane for years yeah it's it's a little scary how good you are at not only making friends with people but like i don't know whether i am astounded jealous or all of the above because my friend making skills are like zero i mean mine are not that great either the the, the few friends i have just happen to be in strange positions of power like jerry <laughs> yes jerry okay so let's talk about jerry also known as gemini times two he's very uh very well known on twitter youtube pretty much all of the above i went to high school with him so I know him in real life, and he's fantastic, and I love him to death. And you actually met Jerry through me, I believe. I did. I met Jerry through you. I had actually properly hung out with Jerry only a handful of times during high school. I hung out more with him after high school. But I had the privilege of playing Minecraft on our laptops next to each other, and he only played creative before that, so I got to see him on survival see a zombie for the first time across the corner. And to this date, I've never seen someone in one fluid movement slam a laptop closed while jumping backwards out of a chair over the back of it. <laughs> it it was an incredible feat of athletics that I have not seen since and yeah. doubt I will see again. Jerry is a fantastic mix of nothing you would expect, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, knowing him in real life is a true oh, pleasure. Oh, my microphone a little bit there, but go on. And knowing him in real life is a true pleasure, and I am very lucky to be able to even be in the same room as him most of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's um, incredible. Yeah, he's great. Terrible social anxiety. Yeah, but... I mean, dude, same, but like... Yeah, same. <laughs> It's, I feel like uh, the majority of our friends have that. Yes. Our, the majority of our friends have anxiety or depression in some form, and honestly, who can blame them? I'd imagine almost all of our guests will as well. <laughs> yeah. And not to mention ourselves. Though, yeah, uh, strangely absolutely. enough, I've never actually been diagnosed with depression, which when people look at me and know how I talk, they're like, huh, are you sure you're not depressed? I've technically never been formally diagnosed either. Not for that, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been diagnosed for other things. 
but like yeah, absolutely that, i feel you yeah i'm one of those people this this uh podcast episode is going to get super real by the way so if that isn't your thing please feel free to listen to another episode you do not have to listen to this one i totally feel you don't harm yourself for our sake or at least skip to like when we do talk about some other things yeah <laughs> But speaking of mutual friends and meeting meeting other people through mutual friends, we actually, you and I, met in high school 11 years ago through a mutual friend at the time. We did. We've been friends for 11 years, which is nuts. It is. It's a long time. It's a long time. <laughs> There's a fucking helicopter up ahead again. There is. Hi, helicopter. Hi, helicopter. Is it a black helicopter? I don't know. It might be birds of prey. Yeah. Who are you talking to in the background there, Molly? My significant other, Jonathan. Oh, really? How about you yes. tell us a little bit about him? So, tell the audience a little bit about okay, him. Okay, so speaking, yeah, he can actually uh, speak for himself if and when he takes his headphones off. But uh, John and I actually also met in high school. We've also known each other for 11 years. We've been together for about seven. And we are hopefully getting married this October. We were supposed to get married last October, but COVID fucked us. Yay. Yup. Yay. Hi, I love you. So what, if anything, would you want to tell our audience about our relationship? It is one of the most unlikely, but most stable ones you shall ever meet. Yeah. As, as in everyone in everyone in our in our graduating classes, like you guys are never going to survive. And for the majority, most of the couples that said that are now very much so not together, and we are. Mm -hmm. Or they were sixteen and pregnant, and that's just a whole other problem. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, am I wrong? Yes, because as far as I know, there was only one person who uh, did have a child in our class. Small towns, everybody. Small towns. <laughs> a little known fact about John and myself, we actually grew up, like, around the corner from each other and did not meet until high school. John is the angry, irreverent boy, and I am the nice one by comparison. <laughs> so what else do you want to know about my relationship with my fiancé? What shared interests do you have? Dungeons and Dragons and video games. And John also is a voracious reader. He's read, like, basically every book in this house that isn't mine. Because he doesn't read yours, of course. Oh, no, he does. <laughs> he just has has kind of fallen by the wayside because I'm still working on mine. Uh, as I mentioned before, I'm a writer. I've been working on novels for... I've been working on novels seriously since about 2012. And while I have published short stories before, I have never published a novel in full yet. I'm hoping to publish traditionally at some point. And so that's that's the hope for the two novels that I talk about in the creative corner. At some point is to publish traditionally, get an agent, all that. John is one of my biggest supporters and he was actually involved in the first draft of the project and my solo project, which I was working on with a couple of other people in high school at the time. And he just is one of my biggest supporters because he needs to consume more biomass in, for in the form of paper. Oh, he's a Tyranid. You're marrying a Tyranid, Molly. Joe says I'm marrying a Tyranid. And what brings him to this conclusion? Because I said that you needed to consume more biomass in the form of paper. You know, that's, I suppose, a look. But at the end of the day, wah. True. 
Also, John is known for having a very contentious relationship with Joe and will yep. make make jokes about stabbing him or killing him or running over running him over with his car pretty much any chance he gets, including every time I bring him up in, in conversation with him. Which is occasionally a joke. <gasps> is that him finally showing back the love that I try and give him every day? Was that him finally showing back the love I try and give him every day is what Joe just said. Joe. I don't think about you the way you think about me. You're just gonna have to learn a little bit. Your hands are very cold. At least it's his hands, not his feet. No, my, if anything, my feet are the cold feet. But I just radiate heat like there's no fucking tomorrow, so. That is correct. Because in my brain, there often isn't a tomorrow. <laughs> Do, do we want to go into our fears in this episode? I don't think there's enough time in this one, but if you want to go into our fears, go for it. I mean, we can save that for another episode, but yeah, suffice, su- suffice to say, climate change is a huge one for me. Yeah, it absolutely is. <laughs> like, I've had multiple panic attacks over the past three years over it. It's not fun. Anyway, tell me about you and Chrissy. About me and Chrissy? Yes. Well, how did how did you meet? How did you get together? Well, the way we met is I, in my sophomore year of university, went to an anime club that I had attended the previous year as well. And there was this one very, 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 so, so very short attendee that was making incredible jokes the entire night. So, pause real quick. Tell the audience the height difference between the two of you well originally it was four foot eleven and three quarters against six feet uh-huh she has since lost a quarter of that inch so it's four foot eleven and a half how has she lost a half inch probably changing doctors things set just being off by a quarter inch fair enough she, she did recently have a physical that measured her at in even five feet though that is much to her chagrin being viewed as an outlier <laughs> Speaking of outliers, by the way, for just as a quick aside before you get back to your story, my mom at one point thought I was like 4'11 or something. She had no idea for a while that I was 5'2", even though I've always been 5'2". Oh, you're 5'2"? I thought you were 5'3". I'm 5'2", Olivia's 5'3". Olivia is John's younger sister, who is also uh, in a video called Botany Major. Teaches us how to basically stuff with arrow gardens, botany majors. Go watch it, it's funny. Yes, it is a very good episode. Thank you. Their dynamic was not always like that, but I'm glad that it is now. Continue your story about Chrissy. Okay, so anyway, as I was saying, there was a very, 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 very short... No, near the end of the night, as I'm packing up my stuff to head out, I can overhear that she is talking to a good friend of mine about how she's planning to do a Vexen cosplay, and she was trying to work out how to make the shield. And I heard shield, so my ears perked up a little bit, and I looked over to see my friend dead stare pointing at me and saying, <laughs> you're going to want to talk to him if you want to make any kind of armor. Yep. So she came over and we talked for like three hours just standing outside the building basically. Somewhere around there. And then we were more or less near best friends for at least the rest of that semester. And I started having feelings at the start of the following semester and confessed them at that point. She was already seeing someone, didn't have any expectations there. But... At the end of the semester, she wasn't seeing anyone, and I approached her, and 
here's where my dating experience vastly varies from anyone else's I've ever heard of. Mm -hmm. Basically drafted a verbal contract with her that we would discuss over the course of the summer if we were compatible to start dating when classes resumed in the sp or in the fall. Okay. So question, important question uh, in case someone else brings it up. Why did you confess to her your feelings if you knew that she was seeing somebody else at the time? Because I have also done the same thing for a reason I'll explain in a bit, but I just wanted to know. Technically, I didn't know that she was dating someone already when oh, I okay, 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 okay. when I started to, but when I formally confessed, I but before I formally confessed, I found that out gotcha. just okay. during a conversation. But I still wouldn't have affected things because I'm someone that's of the view that you should just let people know that. Okay. I'm not someone that fully understands why it's an issue for someone to have feelings for you that you don't necessarily feel back. Okay. Why is that? I'm curious. I, I don't really know how to answer that because I don't understand the other side, really. That's a fair point. My understanding is they say it complicates things, but I don't understand why because you're just expressing that you care about them. Um, I think... Uh, and well, out with allosexuals, I can kind of see it. I'm asexual, by the way. Yes. I should probably say that there. I can see why some people might have issue with allosexuals confessing to them if they yes. feel like it's explicitly for that reason. Mm -hmm. And there's also... God fucking helicopters! Hi, helicopter. Are you trying to guest on the podcast, too? <laughs> In next episode, we discuss helicopter parenting. <laughs> God. Yeah, we could Set both probably this. have a whole episode on that. Only one? Only several. Several. We, we both. Coming soon, our second podcast. <laughs> All the traumas in our life. <laughs> also important to note, uh, is it okay if I talk about this? Yeah, sure. Okay. Also important to note, because so sometimes it plays into some of your thought processes, I think, uh, like specifically with that. Joe also does a Vesperger's. For those of you that don't know what that is, it is it has been reclassified as a subset of ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder. And I will also point out for those of you that do know, the dude it's named after was highly problematic, which is why I just say Aspie most of the time. Gotcha. Okay. Because it takes away from his name being used. Cool. Okay. I did not know that. Thank you for informing yeah. me. <laughs> okay. But to to explain a little bit in terms of why people feel awkward around that kind of thing is because, like, con confessions from someone that you don't feel that way towards. I think it's because to most people that means that the expectations from the other person has have changed but there's a set of expectations surrounding romantic love that are oftentimes unspoken and it can just make the receiving person uncomfortable especially if they're with somebody else because uh, again it's hard to know like what that other person expects from you or wants from you without explicitly being told like hey i this doesn't, I, I know, you know, this doesn't really matter to me. I'm not expecting anything from you, but I just wanted you, know, you to know that this is how I feel. Mm. And that's uh, kind of what happened with 
my relationship with John. He broke up with his ex at the time, and he and I were in radio club together in high school. So we just played a bunch of music and did a lot of talking and hung out behind the scenes every Thursday at 2 o'clock. And... So he started dating somebody else from his theater group because he's a theater nerd. He is a technician and he loves sound and lights. And his the biggest thing he wants to do in life is run his own theater house, which I would love to see happen for him because he he deserves it. That aside, he started dating someone uh, in his theater group. And at that point, I kind of realized, oh shit, I have a crush on him. This is going to bother me. I'm just going to tell him and, you know, let him know like, hey, I support you and your girlfriend. I just want to get this out of the way. And without getting too much into detail, he had had a crush on me as well as his girlfriend that he, and he told me that at the time. And then I was like, well, shit. <laughs> long story short, a very long and painful relationship later, officially we started dating the November of our senior year. Because I remember because that was Thanksgiving day that day. But it was a, a long process. You brought up Joe before I was willing to give that a shot because I did not want to be a rebound. And I was just, at the time, was being very careful with whether or not we started dating. And now we're getting married. So I guess, I, I guess it worked out well. It feels like it might have worked out. Yeah, I still don't know how. I still have residual, like, anxiety surrounding our relationship because of all the things that went on in our past. But ultimately, those things don't matter because they- we grew from them, essentially, and we grew out mm. of them. And we're very different people now. We went to college separately, were together throughout my three and a half years there, and he asked me to marry him when I came back from Thanksgiving break. I believe it was my junior into senior year of college. And that's that's basically been about it. We bought a house in April, May of last year, and we've been living together for the last nine months. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just it's worked and I don't know how to I don't know how to quantify that in my head because I never expect anything to work. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you and Chrissy been together? How long have me and Chrissy been together? Well, by some rough calculations, we have been together just shy of 90 months. And in, in years for the dumb brains like me? Oh, in years, that's uh, seven and a half years. Seven and a half, nice. Mm-hmm. So we've been, we've both been together with our significant others uh, for about the same Oh, that's almost time. exactly half. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always kind of funny whenever someone asks me if Joe and I are together because the answer is fuck no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're we're more akin to brother and sister, which his mom does not seem to understand. No. <laughs> Please tell the audience more about that because it's hilarious and also a little concerning. She feels like we have a chemistry. She refers to John often as my brother husband. Which is really weird. Mm-hmm. She, we recently gave Molly our old kitchen island because we we're doing renovations. And by recently, yes. I mean a day or two ago. Yeah, like a couple days ago. And my mom was saying that I should have carved Joe and Molly on the bottom of it. I'm like, no. no. I was waiting for her to show up and make that same joke. And I would have <sighs> asked her very patiently to explain it to me and why it was funny. And why are you disrespecting my relationship like that? There was even a point where she asked if you were okay with me marrying John. Yes. <laughs> yes, she did. God. Please expound on that if you can. I mean, I think that's about the gist of it. 
That's fair. Yeah. She, she made she made a comment when your wedding was delayed that at least I had an extra year if I needed it. Which is so uncomfortable because she likes Chrissy too, right? Oh yes, she's a big fan of Chrissy. Good. Then then why does she make comments like this if she knows that you're like committed to Chrissy? She feels like it's just playfully messing with me. It's a little disturbing. Anyway, so now you know a little bit more about all of that in Handbasket. Let's talk a little bit about who we are as people, as individuals. All right. Anything specific you'd want to ask me for this or? So what labels do you apply to yourself as a person? Like what, what makes up your personhood for you? Well, I I hold myself pretty highly as a past thespian. Yes, you were, all, you were also in theater. I for, was. For a while throughout most of high school, right? You? I was. And that you? is where I originally made that suit of armor from for a single monologue. <laughs> yeah, and you're you're really good at it. If any of you go back and watch the intro video, you can tell that Joe is the only one who has prior acting experience. Because while I've been related to uh, theater tangentially for the past seven or more years, the only thing I really did ever in theater, other than like third grade plays and stuff, was like, I painted like one sign for my freshman year production in high school. But Joe, you are fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry. That was accompanied <laughs> by a huge rant about myself. <laughs> No. Yeah, no, I, uh, arguably in high school, I contributed a fair, if not majority, of the writing to a script for one custom play that the class had done. Oh, that's so cool. I also played the main antagonist in it. Yeah, and it was It was a very John antagonist. <laughs> John not, as in my SO not, or not, John not as in your fiance, first D&D character? as in my first D&D character. Well, my first D&D character that you met. Cool. Great. The, I hate the, it. The very, hate it. the very confident with a reason to be confident, always has a plan kind of person. Great. I hate it. <laughs> uh, writing, uh, writing the sequel to the to the co-writing project that I'm working on right now is going to be interesting because it involves that D and D character. It absolutely does. <sighs> Anyway, so former thespian, mm-hmm. you make armor. So does that make you kind of a cosplayer blacksmith thing? I I want at some point to be able to confidently label myself as a cosplayer. I don't expect that to happen for a long time. If it does, I have a goal like lifetime magnum opus goal cosplay, which uh-huh. is a dark nut from Twilight Princess. Oh wow! Yes, yes. I think it, I think you told me about this before, like years and years and years ago. Yeah, I have the general plan that I want to make a full aluminum frame for the armor and have molded fiberglass on the exterior of it, so it's light but durable. I want to have quick releases inside of it, so that if it were in a masquerade skit or something, there could be a plate on the back of it that, when struck, would one at a time drop pieces of armor off that's nuts dark nuts and (laughs) i want the armor itself to be hollow so that in the backpack there can be a cooling system so that the armor would serve as air ducts when it's fully connected because i absurdly overheat when i'm in any kind of costume yes you do like you're you're extremely heat sensitive which is it's it's um it feels like karma in a way because you're like immune to the cold yeah i am someone who has and will continue to wear shorts during blizzards mm-hmm. and walk through snow in shorts and be fine mm-hmm. i had someone very angrily 
telling me to f off at one point in university went to the, when i went to the dining hall because there's a fair amount of snow and i showed up in shorts with snow caked on my legs up to the knees <laughs> they were not a fan of seeing me like that when they had i think two jackets on Oh, yeah, no. I yeah. am feeling a little warm, a little warmer than I'd like to be right now. And looking over, my thermometer says it's 65 in my room. That's, uh, you would hate it here because we're at like 71 right now. There was one point that I, I didn't really have to have a talk with my roommate because he immediately saw the look on my face. But I came back to the room at one point and it was like 85. Oh, no. Back in university. And I just looked at him. He looked at me. He's just like, I'm going to turn it down. I was just wondering how warm it would get in here. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm still at a point where it still feels weird to see you in jeans. Because the way you stand and the way your legs, like, flare out oh, in yeah, a weird yeah. way, Anyone... it's like, it's built for shorts. Mm -hmm. Anyone can look at the intro video and just look at my silhouette. Yeah, it's fucking it, hilarious. It is hourglass in the wrong place. <laughs> My legs are hourglass. <laughs> you know, you have more of an hourglass figure than I do. <laughs> it's an hourglass with a globe on top is what I am. Oh. But yes, so want to add cosplay in. The other part of making the armor is I really want to get into blacksmithing. I had basically an apprenticeship set up with a local blacksmith. If anyone has seen my belt buckle in any videos, the blacksmith is the daughter of the artist that made that buckle. So it's really cool connection there. Not only that, and but you can we can see uh, in the Joe's Horrible Secret video, your blacksmithing sleeve. One yes. of your sleeves. And then the other one is in Ben's mouth. Yes, the the welding sleeves. I had those just in case it wasn't something I was going to end up using. I did basically have like two hours at the forge once with her. And then there was like a snowstorm that caved in part of the roof of her forge. Oof. So it was a while before that was back up and running. And then she set up her own forge. And I was going to be going out there. And then 2020 happened. Yeah. So that put a big wrench in that. Because otherwise, all the metal work I've done has technically has been cold working. So whitesmithing technically would be the name for what I've done so far. Cool. I did not know that was a thing. Aside from that, I have done a class in machining. And I would like to get more machinery when I have my own house because will not be allowed in my parents' house. No. And there's not the right outlets set up and the infrastructure in the house to allow for the machinery I'd like. I'd like a lathe, I'd like a mill. I do some 3D printing. Mm -hmm. You also do custom leather work, correct? You have a I website do. in which you sell that. I do. I do leather work. I started doing leather work originally because I wanted to make armor. Uh, interesting how things keep doing that. <laughs> kind of like how many of you that are listening right now, if you've listened to previous episodes, know that I'm working on making a suit of armor on plasma cutters at work right now. It, it always tends to lead to armor. All roads lead to armor. Yes. And... Uh, what is your website for leather work, by the way? Oh, um, my website for that is <laughs> barkandbite.com. Bite is spelled in the nautical and not working way, B-I-G-H-T. Bark and, and and are spelled the normal way. And also, if you follow and or subscribe to my Twitch channel, M-A-B underscore C-A-T, you will get 10% off custom leather commissions at barkandbite.com. Yeah, and if, if you're subscribed to the YouTube as well, 
Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Wasn't so all roads lead to armor. Yes, all roads lead to armor. So I originally got into leatherworking because I wanted to make some boiled leather armor. So I'd gotten the equipment for it, but never really got around to doing it because college. And then when I was looking for a second job at one point, I was going around and saw and found out that there was a leather shop near my high school near the high school i'd gone to so i worked with them for like four or five years so i was making belts and other custom stuff through them and that got me tools material and skills to be able to do my own stuff which is awesome by the way Mm -hmm. i wish i could like show y'all pictures through an audio medium but i can't (laughs) you've also done custom jewelry making as well correct i was actually about to mention that speaking of all roads lead to armor yeah because that started because i at one point maybe freshman year in high school saw a video tutorial on making chain mail so i grabbed some wire from the basement spooled it around a screwdriver snipped it and made a chain mail glove (laughs) I remember Which, that. Fun fact, audience. Don't start with a glove. <laughs> a glove is one of the toughest things you can make in Jane Mail. I didn't finish the ends of the fingers. It was a half-finger glove. But I continued with that and ended up getting a bunch of orders to make jewelry. So my attempts to make armor had to be put to the side. I eventually had to tear apart the stainless steel armor that I was in the process of making to turn it into bracelets. So Yes, I actually have a couple of pieces um, that you made for me that are bracelets one is not work and the other is leather which bracelets did i make uh i forget the name of the knots but one is kind of like a uh, a leather like cuff that i still have okay i don't remember making that show me those after i want to see those i don't know where they are is the thing one of them might be at uh my mom's house the other i think i think i have the leather thing here somewhere but i'm not sure okay fun fact about me i learned to pack light because my house because of how my life circumstances are could never find fucking anything so yes especially motivation um (laughs) yep yep you're not wrong yeah, I'm those. I'm a big fan of being available to people, and because of that, I've been a moderator on a lot of servers. Yeah, you're really good at it too. Forums, Discord. I'm one of the head moderators on Jane's Discord server now. I'm an admin on Jerry's Discord server, though. So are you? I'm supposed to be a mod for that, and I haven't done anything. Jerry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've failed you. It's the place practically runs itself. Yeah, it, it seems like a, a, a very soul-sustaining ecosystem. It very much is. Good. We're not sure what's growing there, but it's thriving. <laughs> it's a little it's a little mysterium of artists. Yeah, it it it's it's like an artistic camera. I don't understand that, but that's okay. 40k joke, someone might. Right, cool. I don't understand 40k. Also, it you're is in, the you're dark really hedonistic city of the Dark Eldar. Great. That sounds about Jerry. It's it's the city where anything and everything goes. Great. Yeah, I guess ultimately the things I label myself as are moderator slash available person, a thespian, and th- that way I ultimately like to refer to it. I, I aspire to be a fabricational polymath. You are a maker of fine things and a knower of many secrets. <laughs> Kajit has wares if you have coin. 
basically. I have the desire to make basically everything. That is why I'm still upset that I can't work with wood. We will work on that eventually. Yeah. L like how I tend to jump immediately into the fire. My first woodworking project will be making you a shed. <laughs> Uh, we actually can't do that because if we do that, our property taxes will go up and we can't afford oh, that. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Underground bunker then. <laughs> I appreciate the, uh, the effort though. I really, really do. So we've talked about how we- We've talked a lot about, uh, how, how you've seen to yourself. We haven't quite gone through mine yet. You let me go first? Yeah. Why would you let me go first? Because, I mean, I'm polite. I'm supposed to be the more righteous, holier-than-thou person that lets other people go first. <laughs> well, we're in a podcast together. One of us has got to win sometime. <sighs> That's also a huge part of the reason why we're friends, because we, we tend to agree on a lot of different things and try to treat other people the same way, I feel like. Yeah. Um, because we, we both put other people first. Mm -hmm. a lot of the time and don't know how to advocate for ourselves a lot. Nope. Because my, my personal philosophy has always been if I take care of other people, then other people will take care of me. Because mm -hmm. that's just how it should go. Yeah. In in my opinion, in a perfect world. That's why there's a fair amount of people such as yourself that I have a specific ringtone for that is more likely to wake me up in case someone has to message me at night. Which I really appreciate. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I haven't quite gone that far for the people that I care about. <laughs> But I, I have my own ways of beating myself into the ground. So. Yes, you do. Uh, you're you're also you also handle emotions a lot differently than I do. I do, but that kind of goes back to being an Aspie. I yes had like six, seven years of classes to help with that. Yes, and ultimately, it I, for for anyone that doesn't know, I mean, you can thank Sheldon on Big Bang Theory if you need to. One of the best wordings I've seen for it is that one of the core aspects is that you have an outside, almost laboratory observation-like perspective of your own emotions. Right. I think you've uh, you've described it to me more as... Like, we've talked about this a little bit. And I think... I'm trying to remember now. You've described it a little bit more as, like, I must be feeling this way because I'm having these reactions, not I'm having these reactions because I'm feeling this way. Is that how normal people feel? <laughs> um... I, I, I normally describe it in that way more like I don't feel angry. I feel like I'm feeling angry. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That it, makes th sense. There's a layer of separation there that lets me observe what I'm feeling rather than just directly feeling it. Mm -hmm. You're essentially more able to be more objective about how you're feeling than most other people are. I'm not trying to be elitist about this right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately saying like that's just how you work and that is often very often a good thing that i hold it as a good thing but yes with me <laughs> you just feel so much i feel i i feel a lot i feel a lot i don't want to say more than your average person but i feel like i'm more in tune with my feelings than a lot of other people are less so now because a lot of I was, I was the type of kid that when growing up, my teacher said, you know, when, when the other kids grow up, they'll understand her. Um, and I now that I'm in my mid 
20s. <laughs> We've kind of reached that point where most of my other peers are able to like communicate more fully how they're feeling and other things. And I, there are times where I've kind of feel like I've lost that ability to be able to communicate well. God, I'm going on a rant and I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm sorry. <laughs> feel free to cut all of this out. You know what I mean? Because it's like, we'll see how I, it goes. I, I don't want to appear elitist either. But most of the time, I'm pretty in touch with what's bothering me and why the hard part is voicing that yes uh, <laughs> oh yeah no absolutely same here i can immediately detect like ah i am feeling this because of this mm -hmm. it just takes me a little bit longer sometimes it, it's than you it's just how do i tell people about yeah with me like i usually don't really say a whole lot because I'm aware that my feelings can be damaging to other people, and I don't want to do that to them. But at the same time, like, I've learned over time, and especially through being John, because John has made me a lot more blunt about how I'm feeling, because that's just how we've communicated, and it's better than it used to be. Uh, yeah, like, you've grown so much like, in the past few years in that regard. <laughs> yeah, like, me telling someone off in high school over uh, text chat was basically the equivalent of me throwing marshmallows at them. Yeah, whereas now you actually, like, stand up for yourself if you need to. The, mo yes, the Molly that I hard. met 11 years ago absolutely would never do that. No, no, absolutely not. I was, uh... I'm real proud I, of that. I identified very, very, very heavily with my Christian faith, especially in my high school years, and that was a thing for me because of my PTSD and anxieties and stuff, stuff like that, and I still, I still care about it a lot. It's become less of a survival technique for me because I'm more aware now of how I was being perceived at the time and it's a little it's a little cringy to be honest and it's like it <laughs> makes me it makes me sad sometimes to think that I'm not as sure of myself in some ways anymore as I used to be um but at the same time like there's I'm on a I'm standing on very different ground than I was 11 years ago yes you are it is ground that you own right now <laughs> it is it is yeah, I didn't expect this to go in this direction, especially because we're coming up on an hour. We are. We are. So real quick, other labels that can be applied to me. Writer is a huge one. That's like the main one, even though I don't write enough, in my own opinion. Let's see. I am a TTRPG fanatic. Fanatic, especially when it comes to, you know, D&D, &D, kids on bikes. I just, I just love playing and running tabletop games. I would hesitate to say streamer because I'm not I I'm not at the level that I want to be yet, but gamer definitely. Video games are a huge part of my life, more so now than in the past years. It was also a huge part of my childhood. Oh yes. Yes. I've been in love with Dauntless recently, and it's all I've wanted to play, like, all the time. It's a very fun game. It is a great probably game. Probably gonna play after we finish recording this. Yes, <laughs> and after I eat. Well, yes, I haven't eaten either. Let's see. That's that's really about it. Other than I, I guess you could still say that Catholic applies to me because I still, I mean, it's still in my brain space, just not as much as it used to be. And life has taken me in a very different direction than the morals I set out for myself in high school. I, I mean, with COVID, I can't really go to church anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's really about it. There was uh, one particular thing that we did not mention, which I think in uh, can go in another episode 
at some point. Yeah, what is that? How we actually met <laughs> for the first time, but we can save that for later. Yeah, I think we can save that for later. All right. Do we want to give a little tease of what we're working on now or? Uh, yeah, we probably should. In terms of what's coming next, Joe and I are probably going to be focusing on a lot more desktop content just so uh, with my house being essentially in quarantine, we aren't able to film in person together and therefore we only have one camera each and especially with the types of videos we've been filming that can present their own challenges. So, and because Joe's kitchen is being renovated, hence why I have his island now. Yes. Um, yeah. We're going to be focusing a lot more on doing stuff face-to-face -face virtually at our desktops. So be prepared to see one side of my office a lot more. <laughs> and, <laughs> and whatever I hope it you is, like foam panels. Yes. Whatever it is Joe's setup currently is. Going along with that, we have started recording some new things for that. So if you paid attention during this podcast episode, you did hear a slight mention that's tangential to something we're working on. Yes. And uh, we, in terms of scheduling, we're usually, when we record these podcasts, we're at, at least a couple of weeks ahead of, of schedule in terms of content for our YouTube channel. So the stuff that we're talking about here probably will have come up a few weeks ago or will be coming in the next few weeks after this episode airs. It depends ultimately on our scheduling and, and mishaps that happen along the way. Yes, such as how with this particular one, you'll be listening to this less than a week after it was recorded. Yes, a couple, a couple of days at most. Mm -hmm. But we do have a bit of a backlog on the actual videos that are going to be going up already being recorded so it's th the new changes are really going to be coming in more of two months yes you're correct from now so you'll see a little bit of cooking stuff and then after that if you've really been following us here you might know a little bit of what's to come after that all right so this has been the learner's permit podcast thank you so much for listening we really appreciate you go ahead and feel free to leave a review a comment anything that will let us know that you're listening and how you like our format so far we are still growing after all so yes it can only help yes joe if you would we'll be in touch This has been the Learner's Permit Podcast, available wherever fine podcasts are appreciated. Learner's Permit is the companion podcast to The Factotum Project, which can be found on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram under The Factotum Project. Thanks for listening, and we'll be in touch.